What's going on everybody? Riley Welch here with episode 6 of the 92 Social Podcast. Today is a good day. I always keep saying that, but it's positivity. You gotta, you gotta give out the positivity. And today I'm joined with my boy Andrew from Signal Hill Whiskey. What's going on, man? Hey, buddy. How you doing today? Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to join you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming on. It's one of those things where I'm sure you are as well, uh, a whiskey lover. And um, I uh, kind of took a little stroll in the LCBO and then I noticed this bottle, this beautiful bottle that you sent over. Thank you very you much. You mean this guy right here? Oh, oh this, man. This bad boy. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, uh, good branding. And then when I saw the logo right over here. That's right. That's our Valknot logo right there. And that's one thing that is, uh, that took me off, uh, well, it took me so, uh, off surprising where I was like, this is awesome. I got to reach out. I got to see if uh, I can get a little podcast and discuss the company. So uh, yeah, thank you. Well, you're very welcome, man. And thank you for having us today. We're really happy to be a part of the team and uh, I can't wait. So it looks like you're ready to have a drinky food. Oh, it's fine. So I, I think you got a fresh bottle and so do I. So why don't we take a turn and we'll open this up together. Woo. All right, yeah, see. There's nothing like that fresh pop, isn't there? Oh, you know, yeah, for sure. We need a little bit of silence for this one. Hold on, one, two. Oh, there's something about that. All right, I'm going to pour mine on my Signal Hill tumbler here. Oh, the smell. Oh, my, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So good, man. It's so good. I've been so happy ever since I joined the team. It's actually, you know, this spirit is fantastic. It's, uh, it makes me really happy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's I can tell this is just quality. And uh, cheers. Thanks for cheers, coming Cheers, my on. friend. And cheers to everyone out there. All righty. So let's get down to it. For people that aren't aware, what is Signal Hill Whiskey? So I'm glad you asked. Signal Hill Whiskey, we are a Canadian whiskey. Uh, but in my opinion, we're not like any of the other Canadian whiskeys on the market right now. Okay, we're very different. But... You know, we're, we're all about ingenuity. We're all about having fun as well. So we're a very exciting new Canadian whiskey on the market. But unlike the other guys, we actually contain 0% raw in ours whatsoever. So in my opinion, this is much more, you know, like a, uh, a bourbon, to be honest with you. It tastes much more like a bourbon. We come from the east coast of Canada. And if you can't tell from my accent or from the painting back behind me, I'm from St. John's, Newfoundland, just like our spirit is. So, you know, with that in mind, we keep those characteristics of people from the rock in the heart. And we came up with this beautiful award-winning whiskey right here. Yeah, see that? Wow. You, so at any point, I'd like to tell you and your fans out there, if I'm talking too fast or having any trouble understanding me, I'll gladly slow it down for you. No, uh, I, be prepared to, for me to adapt to that language because, <laughs> I, I don't know, something about whiskey and being Canadian, just come, like I'm born and raised GTA, but I swear sometimes yeah. you talk to me, I feel like I'm from, you know, the East Coast. So be prepared. Be prepared. Oh, don't uh, worry. I think we're going to have a lot of fun here today, my buddy. So oh, yes. Worry. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, no, you said it best because my first impressions, uh, very smooth, but it has that bourbon uh, flavor palette. It has that flavor profile. You know, we're, we're the process, okay? We're not very similar to other Canadian whiskeys in our process and in our and our build as well to how we create it, okay? We're much more similar to an American. So that's the number one comparison I get when I go either to whiskey shows or I'm doing presentations or tasting is, hey, this doesn't taste like, you know, the other guys out there, the other Canadian whiskeys I see on the shelves at BLCPL. Like this reminds me of much more expensive, higher grade quality bourbon that should come from the States. 
and they're not wrong in that. You know, our process is very, very similar with the fact that a bourbon is minimum 51% corn. Ours is predominantly a corn base as well. You know, bourbon ages in new white American oak. New white American oak barrels are just one of three of the different barrels we use in our process as well. So the similarities are there for sure, right? For, oh, for sure. It's again, I'm, I'm just kind of going through right now all the, like the, you know, favor, uh, flavor palettes and just overall experience. And it's one of those things where for me, again, I'm not a professional in the, uh, in the industry, but I know that if you take a sip and if you don't have a face like, Oh God, <laughs> it's a good whiskey, you know, it's a good whiskey. And then for me, just taking a, sw- uh, a sip, I'm like, Ooh, it, I could agree more. And you want to, and you said it best yourself. So like just then your reaction is one of my favorite parts when I'm doing tastings, because most of the time when we go into an account or we're trying to sell a product or at a, at a trade show, anything along those lines, people have an, a uh, premeditated idea of what a Canadian rye is going to taste like because rye is synonymous with Canadian whiskey. But in fact, most Canadian whiskeys have less than 5% rye in them. So when they taste our spirit, I just ask like that face you made a second ago was my favorite right there. It's like, Ooh, man, there's actually something to this now. Like, all right. And they go for that second sip. I'm like, man, all right, now we're cooking with fire here. Like, that's what we're talking about. So that reaction right there is what I love the most about people when they try our spirit. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's for people. I was just having a conversation with my buddy the other day, and uh, he he was just curious, like, what do I drink in in terms of whiskey? And, uh, like, what are the uh, requirements? Again, I'm just a Joe Schmo when it comes to this, but uh, that was one of those things where if you take a sip and you don't look like you got punched in the face, then, you know, it's a good one. And uh, here's my recommendations. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely it's very smooth. And going off of uh, the booklet they gave me, and the history is insane. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. And you know what? There you go. Ariel? And Newfoundland has a lot of history and you know what, that's where we kind of, kind of, that's where the idea came about. So originally about 2014, our owners and, and partners were hiking up Signal Hill itself. So Signal Hill is a historic location in St. John's, Newfoundland. It's one of the highest elevation points in St. John's. And I wish I had a map in front of me now to show you, but like, you know, it, it, Signal Hill itself served so many purposes back in the day. So number first and foremost, it was used for communication but it was also used for to protect St. John's itself. So say, we have a harbor entrance that we call the Narrows. It's exceptionally shallow and exceptionally narrow itself. Sigma Hill up top and Fort Amherst on the other side between their cannons, they would protect our Narrows. So there's a lot of history back there. Now, Signal Hill itself got its name for a couple of different reasons. In the earlier, earlier days when ships would come in, they would raise their flags to signify which ship was coming in and which families were coming back. Signal Hill itself. So actually, the tower on top, if you look inside your brochure, you're just going to see this picture right here. That is called Cabot Tower. So the hill itself is Signal Hill, but this building itself is called Cabot Tower. So when the ships would come in, they would raise their flags to signify to signal who was coming in. And then Cabot Tower would raise a matching flag to signal to the rest of St. John's whose family was coming back, whose ships were coming back. Now, the most famous reason, though, and you know, is why it's called Signal Hill is because of a gentleman named Guillermo Marconi. Okay, so in 1901, Guillermo Marconi was a 24-year-old Italian, and he sent over the first transatlantic wireless communication that ever happened in the world, all the way from Cabot Tower on Signal Hill in St. John's, Newfoundland, 
all the way to the Paul Who Communication Center in Cornwall, the UK. And he sent a series of Morse code dashes and dots. And if you look at our bottle right here, underneath the word Signal Hill, yes. this is all to do with branding, but we also like to pay a lot of homage to the people that found us, our ancestors. Yeah. So this bottle itself has so many different values of communication and uh, heritage. So underneath Signal Hill, you'll see a series of dashes and dots. And that is Signal Hill in Morse code. Oh right? my God! So we exactly, exactly. So we like to we like to pay tribute to Marconi. Uh, he really put us on the map too. But up top here, the Valknut logo, which you brought up earlier, which I love talking about too. Again, part of brand recognition, but again, part of our heritage. So the Valknut was actually a Norse Viking logo group. A logo belonged to the Norse Vikings. Those, those Norse Vikings were helped discover Newfoundland in about the ninth century, around that era. So 600 years before, uh, also John Cabot, who helped discover Newfoundland too, which we like to pay homage to him as well. So there's just so much rich, rich history in Newfoundland, in Signal Hill location itself. And we like to bring that to our characteristics because Canadian whiskey also has such a rich history and, it's, and whiskey's impact on the building of Canada itself too. That's yeah. That's a that's a great uh, story. And then one thing that I got from that is the longevity, innovation, and adventure of it. And then that was one of my follow up questions, and you answered it's perfect. I, I'm sorry, buddy. I got a little oh, too yeah. excited. I love to talk about Signal Hill. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Keep going. Uh, but yeah, so like, that is fantastic. And for a person that is looking for a whiskey, that's looking for. Uh, a newer, well, like quality, big word, quality is yeah. it's good that you have that history. Because for me, let's take uh, myself, for example, I go and I look at a few whiskey, uh, Canadian whiskeys. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it's more of like a, like a, the trailer park boys. Although <laughs> great show, love it. But you have a great story. So it's easy to get your customers and you, you follow that with great taste in whiskey and they'll keep your customers coming in, which is a great strategy. And especially again, like I was saying before the branding, I don't know. Like I, I go for brand when I go down the aisle, I kind of look at the branding and uh, well, as a like social media agency where I'm like, Ooh, I could, I should have done this. Oh, I should have done that S signal Hill. I'm like, Oh my God. Cause you see it right. Like with photos, sun here. Oh my God. It's fantastic. But, um, Yes, you were talking about the Morse code, which is, again, another key thing for people that aren't really, uh, that are looking for a whiskey. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, you were saying competitions. And I noticed that uh, you scored 94 points or the company scored 94 points at the tasting panel and 92 points at the New York International Spirits. So as a panelist, what are they looking for in a, uh, in a whiskey? Well, of course, you know, and, and first and foremost, we're very happy with all these, these awards we've won. We've only been on the market now for just over two years. So, you know, a year after our first release that we, we gained all these accreditations and these awards, we're very, very proud. It all really depends on each, at each competition itself. Every competition is looking for something slightly different. So if they're more used to single malt scotches, they're used to more of that robust flavor, right, as well. Now, with Canadian whiskey itself, they're always looking for quality, of course, finish, uh, the lingering mouthfeel of it, how round it is as well. It's not overly sweet. It's not overly chemically as well, which, you know, 
let's face facts, we've had those spirits before when we were all younger and we couldn't, uh, we, we didn't have that much money in our pockets. You know, you buy the cheapest stuff on the bot on, on the shelf and you can taste it, you know, and when you get older and you get more into it, then you learn the real differences. But those awards are really something, but in all honesty, the things we're most proud about is what I was touching on earlier. When we go to these trade shows, when we go to these, these smaller whiskey shows. So for example, I, I just came before all this happened, before all COVID-19 happened. I was in the Winnipeg Whiskey Festival at the beginning of March. And that was my first actually whiskey show with this company. Now, I used to do some freelance work for companies in the past, but this was my first time representing Signal Hill Whiskey. And I couldn't have been prouder because we were the smaller guys. You know, when you're going to these whiskey shows, you show up and if you only have one skew, like one bottle on your lineup, they give you a table that's basically the size of mine right now. And you're going against the big guys out there, you know, the top, the top brands, and they have $10,000 booths. They have five different, 10 different SKUs. But it was amazing to see people's reaction, just like what we were talking about earlier. When you tried that for the first time, and you're like, whoo, that is some, that's some good stuff. And like when we would see people returning and bringing their friends back, and next thing you know, we had a lineup, at least five, 10 people deep the entire two, two nights. We had our direct competition across most, and every, we're all friends in the industry, right? Like that's yeah. the beautiful thing about this industry. We're all friends, you get to know everybody. But we went through so many bottles in that two nights, it was just uncanny. It was just, and seeing people's reaction, saying that we're the people's choice for the win, that, that means more to us in all honesty than these, than, these, than these small awards, right? I don't mean to say small, when these awards itself, it, the people's face reactions is number one to us. Well, that, it all starts with the people too, right? Because yeah. you, you, you have the product, you're developed it, you're, it's all there, but you have to have the people. And that's the mom and pop style, the mom and pop like mentality where it's like, yeah, you know, there's bigger people out there, but we're going we're gonna to get those people because we know we have a great quality. We have great people behind us and we're ready to knock their socks off. And then you said it, it's 10 people, you're like 10 people deep. And that's just case in point of uh, it's yeah case in point of your quality and your product is that good. Like half, like half the time it's you can put so much money in advertisements and all like promotions, but it, at the end of the day, it comes down to the quality. One hundred percent, it comes down to quality. Listen, it, it doesn't matter how much money you put into marketing, how much money you put in your bottle, the, your production itself. If the quality isn't there. And you're, 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 you're flying with one wing. You're not, you're not going to get very far, are you? So no. that's one thing we, I, I'm so proud of our spirit itself and just the reactions we've been getting. I love going into accounts here in Toronto because, you know, in all honesty, we're one of the newest guys on the market and we, are, we don't come from a big higher up company as well too. Like, you know, there's some smaller craft, craft distilleries out there, but they're actually owned by giant parent companies. So they have more money than God to put into it. So, when I see the reaction of the counselor, they're like, I've never heard of you. I'm like, don't worry, I, I, I'm, I'm expecting that. Here, have a sip, have a swally. And then they have a sip and then they have that, your, that reaction you gave me earlier, like, ooh, you mind if I have a second one there? It's like, yeah. yeah oh, hey, buddy, here you go, here you go, have a good night. And here you go, have another little sip here now and then we'll have a chat and it happens every single time, right? So that's one thing I love about it. Yeah, see, you, you even said it. There's when I was doing research and I noticed that like certain brands are with the bigger companies. I'm like, oh, okay. And like, it, it's not a big deal, but it's just more of like, okay, I see where this is going, this and that. But like, when it's like a mom and pop shop, it's their own. Like, for me, again, it's being 
it's more of the entrepreneurial side for me and notice, uh, noticing that the companies that are uh, on their, like by themselves and they're doing their best and that's who I want. And this is the reason why I started the podcast is to talk to them, uh, showcase their product and kind of have a conversation about what they're doing. And that's a prime example of, uh, you know, Signal Hill. Well, like, you know, just, you said it yourself just then, when you're the smaller guy and you're doing your own thing, like when you launched your podcast, I'm sure you launched it because you wanted to interview the people you wanted to talk to, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with the whiskey. When we're, when you have full control over, full autonomy over, you're creating the spirit you want to create. You're not listening to the higher up people that think this is what will sell. This is what will do well. This is our spirit this is what we envisioned. And this is what we put out. Oh baby. This is why like it's see. It doesn't matter what industry you're in having, we're all having that similar goal, that one goal of it's your own thing. It's your brand. It's your idea. You're doing it. And that's where, you know, the passion relies with me too. And I see that in brands. I don't have to talk to anybody, but you can see it in their, you know, social media, their quality, their product. You can see it. And that's one thing that kind of, attracts me to different things uh like so it's it's really really cool so let's talk about the whiskey um so for people that uh, aren't aware when you go into uh let's say you're opening up uh you're creating a new whiskey going into that process do you have in mind of what flavor notes you want or is it kind of deal or you just kind of throw it all in and then at the end product you're like oh yeah okay this is all right all right all right Harold. So it's, it's funny, like, you know, obviously, uh, listen, our creators and owners and partners, they've been in the industry for decades, combined experience, you know, decades and decades of experience in the liquor industry. So they had a very good idea of what they wanted to achieve. Also, you know, you have to take into consideration market trends too. You know, Brown Spirits really made a big, uh, big comeback a couple of handful of years ago. And, but a lot of more younger people are also getting into Brown Spirits. So it's great. I find Signal Hill itself is an excellent flavor profile because it's very approachable. It is smoother. It's, mo- it's a little milder compared to some of the other whiskeys out there as well. So it's a great, I, I make this joke a lot, this analogy, it's almost like a gateway whiskey. So you get into it, you know, it's, if you've never had it before, there's a great opportunity to try something and it's just phenomenal. And then you move on up from there after you get used to the flavor profile. But yes, they created it. They wanted. They knew what they wanted, you know. But they also wanted to take an extra few steps. So it's not just a corn-based whiskey. It's not just aged in one barrel. We go in depth into further uh, layers of flavor in between all the aging of different casks, which we're going to touch on now in a moment. I'm sorry, I might be jumping the gun again. I'm just getting too excited about talking. I don't want to take. Oh away no, you're the easiest guest ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My pleasure, man. My yes. Pleasure. Again, so on the same uh, subject, for people that aren't aware, uh, what's the process from brewing the whiskey all the way to putting it on the shelf? Perfect. I'm glad you asked that. So we go through extensive processes to create our whiskey itself. So we source, our, our whiskey is based on corn and malted barley, okay? We actually contain 0% rye in our spirit whatsoever. The majority of Canadian, and I know rye, this might be confusing for some people because rye is synonymous with Canadian whiskey. And mm-hmm. most people think that rye, there's all rye in there. But the fact of the matter is, in the majority of Canadian whiskeys, they contain less than 5% rye. And that's just a fact. It's just rye is synonymous with the name Canadian whiskey. 
-hmm. But so we take a predominantly corn base. Now we source our, our grains from Southern Ontario, uh, only from the best grains quality will meet, will meet our standards. So the person who inspects it literally inspects it by smelling the grains and she can tell by smelling like that, if they're good or not, if the moisture content is too high in the grains or not. And then she sends them off. So we take the corn and we put it through a calm distillation two times over. Now what this does is, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get too in depth that we could go on for another hour about column distillation versus pot distillation yeah. and the three, the barrel aging process. But just for people out there, we put it through a column distillation twice over, which makes a very uh, high ABV and smooth, smooth spirit, okay? okay? But then we take the malted barley. We malt the barley, then we put it through a, a, a pot still. Okay, we do that one time over. Now, this is the advantages, in my opinion, of Canadian whiskey too, okay? And this, this is the very differences between Canadian whiskey and American bourbon. Bourbon, you have to distill all your grains together and you age them together. Canadian whiskey, you distill everything separately and then you age them separately as well. So that way you control the flavor profile later on much more, okay? So what we do is, after we take those two distillates, the corn, corn distillate and the malted barley one, we age them separately in three different casks each. New white American oak, which is gonna bring some fruity notes like, uh, some, uh, sorry, some spicier notes like vanilla, a little bit of honey and caramel and toffee off that as well too. Then we age it in Canadian whiskey casks, which is gonna emphasize the bready notes and provide a bit of a sherry undertone. And then we also age them in first run bourbon casks, which are, new white American oak bourbon cast that bourbon has been aging there for minimum two years. And because of these then, they have a heavier char level to them. So the charring actually caramelizes the sugar on the inside of the barrels. So you're adding a little more sweetness to it. Of course, additional coloring as well too. And why not? And some more honey in that and uh, notes like that. So you're gonna get your floral notes off of that as well, which some of the comparisons I've heard before is a little bit of a, you know, this is a bit sweeter and has been sweeter on the palate. That's also coming from the floral notes of those of the barrel aging process too. So mm -hmm. we're very proud of that. We age them for minimum law in Canada states that you have to age your whiskey minimum three years. We do ours between three and five years. Then we take those six barrels, marry them together at our optimal flavor profile. Then goes all the way to St. John's Newfoundland and we blend it down using the best water that's available in Canada. And that's the reason why we go to St. John's. Because if you know anything about spirits, if 40% of this bottle is alcohol, what's the other 60%? Water. Wow. Water. So it doesn't matter what your process is. If your process is, you know, a 12 out of 10, your grains are a 12 out of 10, your everything is a 12 out of 10, but then you're using a subpar water and it accounts for 60% of that bottle, what are you going to be left with? Not a very good bottle area. Mm -hmm. No, not a very good taste in whiskey. So that's why we go to St. John's, Newfoundland, my hometown, the best tasting water. St. John's is actually, based, you know, Newfoundland's base is in the North Atlantic, freezing cold water, uh, freezing cold, based on old glaciers as well, too. So again, it helps with the story, but it's also just the best tasting water Canada has to offer. Side note, what would a whiskey taste with Lake Ontario water? <laughs> I mean, you know what? To be honest, I'd find out. I'd be willing to sacrifice myself to try it out. But it, it's interesting when you know about water. Like I was in the U.S. not too long ago, well, a couple a couple years ago actually, and I asked for a glass of water, and they're like, "Do you want bottled or tap?" I'm like, "Ah, I'm from Newfoundland. I'll, I'll take some tap water. I'm sure it's fine." 
my God, I learned my lesson down in Florida, what tap water down there really tastes like. Well, so even Florida, wow. If it's just Michigan, pure water. Just, so it's just water is very, very, very important. And I don't think the majority of the people out there really understand how important water really is. Yeah. Well, just like uh, you were saying that the American uh, bourbon and Canadian whiskey, they – they do their own thing, like Canadian separately, and then American, they do it all in one. Like, what's the reason there? Or is it just, it just so happens? It's, I'm not exactly, to be honest with you, I don't know the origins of why bourbon created those laws, but, yeah. you know, for bourbon to be bourbon, it first off has to come from the U.S., predominantly from the southern U.S., but it doesn't have to be. That's just what most people think, right? Uh, Kentucky is obviously the number one bourbon producing area of, of the U.S., but it has to be aged minimum two years. It has to be brand new virgin oak, and it has to be just has to be fifty one percent corn, okay. And it has to all come at the age at the same time, uh, distilled at the same time, aged at the same time. Canadian whiskey is so, in my opinion, it's so much more invent and creative, in, uh, innovative as well too, and it gives us a lot more freedom. Canadian whiskey also doesn't get the respect it deserves amongst mm -hmm. our peers, between mm -hmm. Scots, the Irish, the Japanese. And the Americans, you know, we are actually number four right now on uh, in uh, in the category of whiskey in the world. But at one point, we were number one. You know, Canada was number one in the in the in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. So the history of Canadian whiskey is incredible. But the rules of Canadian whiskey, all it states, which gives us so much freedom, it just has to be distilled from grain, aged minimum three years. Aged in a wooden barrel, no more than 700 liters. So that wooden barrel part is very important because, like I said, with bourbon, it has to be aged in new white virgin oak. Canadian can just be aged in any wood. So it doesn't matter if it's rum, sherry, oak, uh, wine casks, you know, anything like that. It can be aged in all these different barrels, and that gives provides so much more flavor depth of Canadian whiskeys and so much more opportunity, in my opinion, too. Wow. Yeah. See, uh, that's no, that's honestly, that's great. Like that's see, I didn't know that. That's a great piece of information because that I to be honest, I know I might sound a little biased, but uh, Canadian whiskey. Like I've tasted American whiskey. I've tasted a little bit of Irish. I can tell the difference. Like I can't say what it was, but I can definitely distinguish which is which. And it's Canadian whiskey all the way. It's more enjoyable, enjoyable, hmm? <laughs> uh, but it's, it's definitely, it's just quality because the American whiskey, I, I might, yeah, I know it. American whiskey is just more of like a, here it is, but Canadian whiskey is like, this is what we do. This is who we are. It's just, it's a different feeling. And to be honest, Canada should be number one all time, to be honest, to be honest. Yeah. It should be, really. And, like, the history of Canadian whiskey is just incredible and its impact on Canada. You know, I could talk about it for an hour. And actually, in all honesty, if you really want to learn about the history of Canadian whiskey, I highly advise. I'll give this man credit every single time I ever talk about Canadian whiskey. His name is Dr. Don Livermore. He is the master blender at Hiram Walker. And for the second year in a row, he just won master blender of the year uh, in Canada. That man is a, is a wealth of knowledge. And if you ever have an opportunity to attend one of his seminars or one of his speeches, he will talk your socks off, but in a good way, about the history of Canadian whiskey and its impact on it. And the majority of my information when I do these seminars or when I do trainings, 
you know, he sent us the slides. We credit him every time because he, it, you just can't get any better than the information he provides. So it's, it's just crazy about the taxpayers, about the, Re the American Revolution, about the Scottish Highland Clearance, yeah. all the impacts. Like, I love asking this, I love asking this question. What do you think was the number one biggest, biggest event that impacted Canadian whiskey in a good way? Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Most people, so most people are going to say prohibition. That's oh, yeah, yeah. In all honesty, the first time I attended one of these seminars, that's what I thought. It's like, prohibition, perfect. The U.S. can't make any alcohol anymore. We can send ours out. Great. Yeah. It's actually incorrect. That killed our distribution. The number one thing that impacted Canadian whiskey in a good way was the American Civil War. Because when you think about it this way, if the South, who produces the majority of the bourbon, is fighting against the North, do you think that the South is going to sell that their, their whiskey to the North? No. Uh, oh, so who yeah, do you think yeah. took advantage of that? Canada. We started selling our whiskey to the, to the northern states of the, of the U.S., and that was the biggest rise in Canadian whiskey. Oh, damn. History. Up around the same time that the government started taxing whiskey as well. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, saw, they saw an opportunity, and they jumped all over it. I right? tell you. They, they know. They, they see ahead of, ahead of the future. No, they know. They saw an opportunity. They, they didn't want to miss out on that one. Yeah. As, the, as like, no, the old saying goes, a good crisis is a shame to waste. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. See, that's, this is perfect. because These are the things I don't really realize or people that aren't in the industry realize. And uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's, wow. I'm like, I'm just taking it in right now. Uh, but one more before we get to another question from you. Yeah. Who do you think was the first country to mandate an age requirement do you think it was okay, the, okay. the scots the americans the japanese or the canadians americans canada oh son of canada canada was the first nation that put an aging requirement on their whiskey wow because they were taxing the government was taxing the whiskey the whiskey uh, makers yeah. were also the top five whiskey payers in the world in canada back then were the top five whiskey payers jp was his head R.M. Wartz, Henry Corby, Joseph Seagram, and uh, John Corby. Okay. Were the five top whiskey payers in the country, uh, top five taxpayers in the country back then. And then, so they started putting an age mandate on it because their whiskey was moonshine essentially at, at that time. And people were, they weren't enjoying it the most. It was a little harsh. So put, put an age requirement. And back then it was two years. Now we're three years, but back then it was two. But putting that age requirement on there, all of a sudden, it provided a much smoother, more mellow, and better tasting whiskey, and more people bought it afterwards. And it kept the government making all their tax money off of the Canadian distillers. Wow! All right, <laughs> so have you have you tried moonshine? Oh, I did before. Yeah, one time. And... Well, it's the closest thing to moonshine. So years ago, I was actually I, I won a bartending competition back in Newfoundland, and the grand prize was an all expense paid trip to the Hiram Walker Distillery here in Windsor, Ontario which mm -hmm. is one of the birthplace of Canadian whiskey. And I got to open up my own barrel that was aged at that point only a couple of months. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever had brand new aged whiskey, brand new distilled whiskey. It is not aged. There's no color. It's colorless. And the ABV, I believe, was at about 180 proof. <sighs> was around that area. So that's 90% alcohol for those who don't understand you know, proof is double what the ABV is. 
I remember I had one sip of it on them. The exact opposite of the face we made earlier when we tried the signal hill. Yeah. And I was just happy because the, the, the fantastic uh, person who was giving us the tour, she poured hers back in the, in the barrel. I was like, thank God, because I did, did not want to have to finish that. So I, luckily I poured mine back in and we went over to a nine-year-old age barrel, the same oh, age, nine years. So, and then that came out smooth as smooth can be and was phenomenal. Yeah, that, I think that could take, you know, that could strip paint off a wall. Well, it's funny, when you go into one of these warehouses, there's no electronics allowed in there whatsoever. Like, there's no lighting, there's no electronics. Because think about how volatile alcohol vapor is, especially when it's, when it's inside of a room, trapped in a room like that. It, they mm. can ignite like that. So okay. when we went there, they had to open up these giant 20-foot garage doors open for about 15 minutes before we went in there. We had to leave all of our electronics outside, and then we were given oxygen reader meters. We walked in to make sure that the oxygen levels were good enough. But it's, uh, it's, it's very impressive. If you ever get a chance to go to any whiskey or bourbon distillery, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. See, that, that's crazy because uh, well, one of the biggest things that got me into like whiskey, wine, beer, more than – just sort of how it's made and how it's kind of in the history and all that. It was like last summer I was in Niagara and I went to a few just distilleries and I'm like, there's a lot more to this than I thought. And we went to a whiskey one and, and I was kind of floored and how much like preparation process and everything in between, like how much it puts into it. And that's again, one of the things where you know, I, I love it. I, I'm falling in love with the process of you know whiskey how do you make it and, and you're saying no electronics it's one of those weird things that are like i find super interesting well i, I think it's also a product of becoming more mature and becoming older you appreciate yeah. things Thank are you. done you know when we're all not, listen i'm, I'm 33 <laughs> years old and I'm, I'm getting old as well i still think i'm 21 but my body doesn't think so oh i know right she's what? gone soon by like this, oh, this i know i know but like, like you know when we were younger Obviously, first and foremost, we didn't have very much money for things. So you, you mm -hmm. buy whatever's usually cheapest on the shelf. But you don't really appreciate. You just think, okay, does this get me drunk when you're younger? Perfect, right? But as you get older and you can afford things and you can learn to appreciate, because you know yourself, how, how hard did you have to work to get to where you are right now? Yeah. It didn't just happen overnight, did it? Nope. No. So that's the same thing with whiskey because it aged. And you think about back then when all of a sudden that age mandate came in. Do you think those distillers would have kept it going? It would have opened up a new distillery if all of a sudden now you have to age your spirits three years, right? That's why yeah. I'm so proud of this company here because, you know, most distilleries when they're launching spirits, they generally do an unaged spirit first to try to recoup some of their money back. So that's whether that be a gin or a vodka typically, mm. right? And then they come out a couple of years later, they come out with the whiskey. So we didn't do that. We just came out, we waited. We didn't want to rush this. We waited for the proper whiskey, and that's what we came out with. That's very interesting. Yeah, that make wow. Yeah, that's really cool. That's something like I again one of those nuggets of information that you know it's I find fascinating, and hopefully other people do. And it's yeah, it's like that's so cool. Um, you don't think about beforehand, right? Exactly. It's one of those things you don't think about it, but once you know, you're like, yeah, that's kind of cool, man. That's kind of cool, and. Connecting. And then it's a good party trick too. It's like, hey, you know what? Uh, you know that drink you're uh, drinking? Yeah, it's a, 
know, whiskey it takes longer, so it's better, right? Just I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I know, I know everything, but no, no big deal or anything like that. You NBD, know, NBD. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the glasses. We kind of talked about it before, but is there? Because if you look at other whiskey glasses, they're just very straight and narrow, kind of like a this drink, which is straight. Exactly. exactly. Uh, what makes it different? Is there a reason why it's shaped like this? Absolutely. So first and foremost, you know, we're not your conventional Canadian whiskey out there. We're a little more innovative, we're a little more uh, new age. So we wanted, we didn't want that complete classic style rock glass mm. that you're typically used to. Now, in my opinion, this glass has three components that makes it the perfect whiskey glass. Okay. Because when you're sipping, especially if you're sipping neat whiskey, you're typically mm. going to want what they call like an iOS glass or a snifter or anything like that, that has a yep. stem on it that it cones to the top so it funnels the vapors when you want to properly nose a spirit. So mm -hmm. this gets the best of both worlds because it does funnel at the top. So you do get that cone shape. So you're able to funnel the, uh, the alcohol vapors a little more towards your, towards your nose when you're nosing it properly. Mm -hmm. So that, in my opinion, is one aspect. Number two is just wide enough at the base. I can still, if I want to choose to put ice in there, if I want to have my, my spirit on the rocks or I want a cocktail, I can fit an ice cube in here, a couple in there, no problem, but I'm still getting that cone shape at the top. And number three, listen, we've all had that aspect when you're having a, you know, you're having one too many drinks and all of a sudden you, you lose your coordination, you knock over the glass. Because of the way this glass oh my is at the bottom, it doesn't actually tip over. Oh my God. Why haven't I tried? Oh my God. This is, yeah. Right. It's not going to tip like that alone deserves all the respect. Oh my God. You know, if you really want to properly, like when you're sampling or you're, or you're nosing and sampling brand new spirits, especially uh, not on the rocks when they're straight up, you never want to hold the glasses up because you're going to warm the liquid through yeah. the warmth of your hand. Yeah. So with this, you can still just, you're gonna have your fingers at the bottom of it. You're still holding on the glass. You got a firm grasp, but you're not actually warming up the liquid either. So in my opinion, it's one of the best glasses I've ever seen in that aspect for how much capabilities it has. It's, it's, it's malleable, and it's, but it's still classic at the same time. It fits in your shelf. It fits on your dish rack when you're washing your glasses too. And that's, you know, you, we've all seen those super fancy glasses and you can't, you can barely even breathe around it or they'll break. So that's one yeah. thing I love about these too. My mind's still blown about the whole, <laughs> like that is, cause I used to be in the service industry as a server and oh my God, that would save so much glassware cuts and everything in between because it just, oh. So think about this then too. And because I was a, listen, I was a server and bartender for over 13 years. And when you're carrying a tray of drinks, do you want all those top heavy ones? Oh, that no. you're losing your balance. Like if you're doing a sangria, for example, in a wine glass, all of a sudden you got 15 pounds up top and nothing on bottom. If the majority of the weight is distributed at the bottom of the glass, you can carry a lot of these glasses and oh, still yeah. be very well balanced. And have, you know, you're, it's not going to shift off the, off the tray. So no, no, no. That, uh, for functionality purposes, it's there. Yeah, I, I still remember, I think, I think it was sangria or it was either a Caesar, but it was like one of those fancy glasses. And I, you know, I was confident. I was like, coming around the corner, the corner. And then as I went around, 
I, I guess I went a little too hard on the corner and mimosa, same thing, and then boom, boom, Z. Video, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, do you still say corner when you cry, when you when, in your own house and stuff like oh that? Oh my god, I still say corner and then hot behind, uh-huh. Nine, sharp, sharp, sharp behind. <laughs> Listen, if you spend enough years in the service industry, those things are never going to go away. No, well, it's even funny because my girlfriend, she was in, uh, she was a server, so she gets it. So yep. I'm like, hot behind, corner. Same thing Third. with mine. We, we, yeah, we, we're in the industry for a very long time together. And uh, you just old hat is die hard sometimes. Hey, I, I don't mind. I, I like saying that. And hey, it's just, practical. And people know you're behind them. I say it on the subway here or on the streetcar. I'm walking I do. Back, like behind, behind. And have people have no idea what I'm talking about. So. No, like, I'm looking after you. Like behind. <laughs> sometimes I get a little funky with it. I get a little happy. Like, behind or i think i'm michael buble sometimes but you know it is what it is hey, he's talented man so take you know just, it could be worse comparisons right oh hell yeah uh so where can people find uh single hill uh other than the lcbo is there any uh is there time to plug away okay so we are in the majority we're we're getting there okay right now we're about half the provinces across canada so we're in ontario british columbia Manitoba, Alberta, uh, and Newfoundland, and Ontario, of course. Uh, we are, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but it looks like we may have just secured some locations in Saskatchewan, so expect us out there soon. And uh, we're working hard in New Brunswick and the prairies as well to get them out there. Uh, Quebec, we've had some limited releases there, and uh, we're, we're really hoping that the SAQ will uh, join on board sooner or later. Right so, on. You know, Ontario, we're huge. Uh, Alberta, we're absolutely huge right now, too. Uh, Newfoundland's obviously our number one area, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. our, our Newfoundland friends back there are loving this stuff, and our, and our distribution team back home, they're doing phenomenal work. just want to give a quick shout-out to Pat Lee and Yvonne Stack back home. You're doing great work, and keep it up. There we go. Wow. Hey, there's a little, uh, little uh, coach's corner there, eh? Hey, oh. uh, that was, uh, in all honesty, if it wasn't for those two, I wouldn't have this job here today. So I got to give them a lot of credit, right? Tip, tip to the cap. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah. It, thank you very much for coming on, dude. Uh, this was a great conversation. One of the best podcasts I've ever been a part of. Just more of the knowledge and just conversation style. This has been a great, uh, great time. Um, we'll link all of the social medias down below in the description. Um, and guys, thank you very much for watching the 92 social podcast. This, uh, if you're interested in whiskey, if you're interested in finding something new, something great, uh, it, take it from me. It's a great whiskey. It's a great drink to have on Friday or Saturday night in Toronto or in Canada. Go Canada because Canadian whiskey is the best. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, yeah, and if you know someone that wants to be part of the 92 Social Podcast, please let me know down below with my email, riley at 92social.ca. That being said, guys, have a safe week and weekend. We'll see you soon. Take care. See you.